And uh, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to take away anything from you guys. I'm going to let you uh, tell your story and uh, who you are and where you're from, etc. But we're just so blessed and honored to have you. You know, it was, oh, drop mic already. <laughs> Kanye's like, this is it. This is all I got. Drop mic. <laughs> um, but as we were thinking about the series and preparing for it, you guys just came to my heart and mind. And I just think it's incredible what God has done and is continuing to do in your guys' life, and I thought we'd be all the more blessed to hear from it and have some new people and new faces up here. So we value and appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us today, and I'm going to pray for you guys if that's okay, and then we'll jump into it. Jesus, thank you so much uh, for the gift of friends and partners, and I thank you for Avon and for Kanya uh, and for our friends at God First Forest. Thank you for all that you're doing uh, in their lives and in their spaces and places, uh, and that we get to hear a little bit about that this morning. And so I ask Jesus, won't you speak powerfully through them uh, as you tell us everything that it is you want us to hear through them? We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Go for it, guys. Hello, hello. Can you all hear me? Hello. <laughs> uh, okay, so first of all, we just want to say thank you, Simon. Uh, thank you, City Hope family, for inviting us. We are from God first. Um, some of my life group accused me of being a traitor. You're traitors. Um, but we're all family, and uh, we're really honored to be here. Uh, when Simon called us, we were a little bit surprised, and if I'm honest, a little bit nervous. But um, you know what? We are God's children. We're here to share our testimony with you. So if we just want to ask that you'd allow us to do that. We're, we're, we're being very personal today. Allow us to be um, quite vulnerable um, as we share kind of how God uses us. Um, so just as a kind of official intro, this is my amazing wife, Kanya. I'm Avon. And we've been Christ followers for many years. It's been an interesting journey, which some of which we'll share with you today. We're blessed with three amazing children uh, who had at home with grandma, thankfully. And uh, <laughs> it just allows us to focus on you, okay? Uh, <laughs> and then we're also both business owners, and we work in the media industry. We work in uh, um, an industry that is uh, interesting, and I'm sure you all have your own perspectives about what the media industry is about and entails. We're going to share a little bit about that. But yeah, we both own businesses and run businesses uh, in that space. And today, we're going to be sharing with you from that perspective. We're going to be sharing with you how God uses us in this industry uh, to do his work. And so, yeah, I hope, I hope that's going to be helpful. So just to kind of give you a quick rundown on how we're going to do it, we're going to tell you about what we do, then we're going to take you back to how it all started, and then we're going to share with you some, you know, some stories and anecdotes and uh, things about how God uses us in the space. So cool. Over to yeah. you, my baby. Awesome. Thanks, handsome. Can I just do something just for a moment? Can I dance? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I just had to get that out of my system. <laughs> so, <laughs> the morning one had a worse move. <laughs> this was a bit better. Um, so, my name's Kanye Middleton. I run a talent agency called Stone Culture. It's a Christian-based talent agency. And I usually tell my talent before they do an audition to just do something real stupid. And it can only get better from there. <laughs> we represent all shapes and sizes, all races, um, and all religions. Um, my youngest on my books is this oldest three weeks uh, that I've represented and has been in a commercial. And the oldest has been as old as 73. Um, but it's all walks of life that I represent. But it didn't 
was not always like that. <laughs> I'm going to start right at the beginning of where it all started. I've always been passionate about people, um, TV, and God. Uh, I did. I love telling stories and sharing about the adventures of everything. Everything was always big to me. Uh, I went to university in uh, Waterloo in Canada, and I said seven years there. And in Canada, I was trying to be on TV. I got an agent. I would go to Toronto and go for auditions, but nothing really happened. Um, I met, though, in, in my university uh, years, I met a couple called Pete Louie and Althea Grunlin. This was towards the end of my university days. I was big on partying. I was that person that was in the club. That was me. I got lost. And it's amazing that when you're lost, the people who God sends you um, to rescue you. Pete Louie and Althea came from South Africa. They were an Afrikaans couple. And the day I met them, I remember he was, he's like Afrikaans boy, like tummy and all. And in Canada, that's not normal. So when I saw him, he was doing his PhD. And he says, are you a sister in Christ? I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I didn't normally say it out loud. He gave me this big bear hug and took me into his home and his family and really showed me the love of Jesus. So much so that I knew what I wanted. I knew I was lost. God found me through them. And seven years of, so I was towards the end of my seven years. Um, I came back to South Africa and I married Avon. <laughs> It's amazing what happens when uh, God comes in the picture. It's the best decision I've ever made. <laughs> Second best. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> when I came to South Africa thinking that I was going to land a job quite easily, I had a master's, right? Um, but close to a year in, I was unemployed. <laughs> and in those spaces, sometimes you think to yourself, like, I don't get it. I mean, God, I, I've got what I did everything. Um, you should be opening a door anytime soon. I applied to hundreds of jobs, guys, hundreds. <sighs> Nothing. The one job that did open the door, the way I ran through that door, like, <laughs> you know when you're running, you're like, don't say no, just take me, I'll take, I'll take whatever, take me. Um, but I do remember praying about that job. Um, and even though in that time of unemployment, I was still having this little passion bubble of TV and film. I went on Scandal, I did a couple of commercials with Special K, but nothing really was big, and I didn't think it was something that could ever be stable. You kind of look at it and you go, yeah, it's a passion thing, not really stable. I'm going to go get a real job and go into the corporate world. I did eight years in the corporate field. I climbed the corporate ladder, became a director of a leading environmental firm in South Africa, managing three offices across the country and having three kids. Um, but I was and, not... And a good salary. And a, yes, it was a good salary. But I worshipped my career and I didn't know it. I climbed right up and... God showed me very quickly that I was worshiping my career when I got retrenched. Um, and the day I got retrenched, now we had sold our company to an um, engineering firm, and the day I got retrenched, this verse um, was on my laptop. I, wrote, I used to write verses all the time. I wrote it in the morning, and I stuck it. In the morning, it didn't make much sense. But that evening, it was 7 o'clock in the evening, I was in this boardroom and they were making the decisions of who's getting retrenched and my name was on the list. And I was pregnant with my third child and I remember going around this boardroom. We were the ones who made the decision. And I said, God, where are you right now? Where are you? And this little note came up in orange as clear as day. And it said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been, faith um, you've been faithful 
with few things, I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your, father, in your master's happy, happiness. And for me, that verse was basically telling me that, Kanye, at no, what point did you think you were doing it for yourself? I open the doors and I close it and your time is done. Thank you. Come now, let me show you what I have in store for you. But when you're worshiping your career, it's hard to see what else could be there. Um, but God took me right out. I, I did enter into dark spaces. I got really depressed. Um, our marriage was probably that, that season was the toughest season of our marriage. Um, but God really did business with me. And when I came out of it, I said, Lord, I, you were so right. I was worshiping my career. Whatever I do next, may you be the center. And my company is called Stone Culture. Um, it represents the solid foundation on which we stand stone and the culture within the business and um, Avon actually came up with the name <laughs> and I had this moment of like God spoke through you but I had no cooking clue what I was doing I didn't know what this organization was going to do until a couple of years later really um, and that was the beginning okay next awesome um, so my journey is a little bit different um, so just to quickly tell you what I do. So essentially I run two businesses. One is an advertising agency. It's called Clipping Point Media. We help large corporates with their marketing efforts. We do TV commercials and videos and promos and photo shoots and all the things that go with marketing a business. So that's on the one hand. We've been running for eight years now. And then about two and a half years ago, um, we scored the license for Top Gear South Africa. If any of you know who Top Gear is, uh, you'll know the Stig and all those crazy people. So we scored the license for Top Gear South Africa. And essentially what that is, is we publish under license the Top Gear uh, publication. So we print a magazine every month that goes to shelves across the country. And um, we, also, we also have the website and digital platforms with it as well. So yes, I do get to drive really fancy and nice cars. And for those of you who have now harboring some ill feelings towards me, I'm sorry, okay? They're not my cause, it's just my job, okay? <laughs> I had someone after the first service that said, man, I'm so jealous of your job. But that's what I do. Um, in terms of my journey to get there, it was very different. And, I, and I, I can tell you that I was very privileged that when I was quite young, I kind of knew what I wanted to do. And I, I can only say that now, you know, when you're a teenager and you kind of know, yeah, I'm gonna do that. You don't realize how lucky you are and how it's quite a rare thing. And I can tell you that now. But I've always kind of known that I would work in this media sort of entertainment space with cars. Okay, cars was always a thing. I'm passionate about cars. So there was a time when I thought I'd like produce action movies with big car chases and explosions and stuff. Um, but so I knew it was somewhere there. So just in terms of the trajectory, I, I was in high school. I studied acting. And then after acting, I studied film. And then after film, I did a little bit of business studies. And then in terms of my corporate or my work career, I worked in ad agencies and then I worked in television and I worked in film. Um, I worked at Monte Cassino, an entertainment hub as their media manager before starting Clipping Point Media. And as I said, two and a half years ago, we scored uh, um, the top year license. Um, and if I, if I kind of just overlay that career path with my journey with God, what I'd say is, I always knew what I, where he wanted me. I just didn't know how he wanted me to operate in that space. And so that's really been my journey, is getting to a point where we can share with you today, and that's what we're sharing with you today, is just kind of 
how God is using me in the space um, to do His work. And it's been, a, it's been an interesting journey. It's been a, uh, it's been a few ups and downs, and um, we're going to share some of that with you uh, today, and I hope it's helpful. So let us take you into the industry. <laughs> Flashing lights, the media industry. We thought we'd call it that. Guys, the me media industry is high pace. It's high pressure. It's ever-changing. Nothing's the same. If you're a person who likes things to stay the same, the media industry is not for you. It is every day changing. There are long hours. So when it's an average day on set is 10 hours. 10 hours, and you can start as early as 5 o'clock in the morning. I've been on set at 4 in the morning before. Um, so it's very busy, and the ideas are always changing. You can be on set within 24 hours. Sometimes I'm sending talent script the night before, and they are learning their lines tonight for tomorrow morning. That's how intense it can be. It's also big on the physical. How you look matters. And we talk loosely about it in the industry, but it is how it is in the industry, about race, age, sex, size, everything. Whether you have muscles, you don't have muscles. It's a database of, if you can imagine describing people. So myself, I am colored female, 40 years old. I fit in mostly in the mother categories. Um, however, I'm not colored South African, I'm mixed masala, so when I have to act colored, my Afrikaans is horrendous, and I tend to not really get those jobs as much, but um, it is what it is. So in the database, race and everything is a category. If you are uh, black, there's a range in the black category of Pan-African. So you can actually be South African, but you Pan-African. I can look at you and say, you know you're Pan-African. And I'm like, what Pan-African? Like it means you African up there, anywhere up there, but not here. And we get a lot of those oh, shoots happening here. The Nigerian shoots are happening here, Tanzanian, Kenyans, and so on and so forth. So... It is about the physical. It's also, there's a lot of money in the industry and it's quite crazy and I, I like, when I t talk about jobs and briefs, for one day shoot, you can go walk away with quite a lot of money. Um, the, the most significant one that I've had is I've had an 18 year old kid walk away with close to 100,000 Rand for one day of shooting. We were on the phone together and I was like nervous paying him. I'm like, we good, eh? What you gonna do with the money? <laughs> He was just as nervous as I was. I had to actually pay him in installments. But that's how crazy it is. Um, it's also big on fame and, and, and um, the hierarchy of who's famous and who's not, um, which is quite sad, actually. But I'll share a little bit of, uh, more about that later. And sexuality and sex sells in the industry. So how do we operate as Christians in these spaces of high places, high, high paces, um, finances, and where sex sells? Um, we will share God's light after these messages. After this message. Um, so for me, just in terms of my industry, obviously Kanye and I work in a similar industry, um, but just kind of adding the Top Gear element on it. You know, we are, Top Gear as a brand is huge. And so we do get the fanciest, snazziest cars first. Um, very often I'm driving cars that are not even officially on the roads or officially launched. Very often I'm driving cars that you can't actually buy. And so it is a very object-oriented thing. People see you in a car and they immediately make associations and assumptions. If I'm driving a 10 million rand Bentley, well, the assumption is I've got money. You know, I'm not poor. So, so that's kind of the industry I operate in. And, and, and within that, you're dealing with people with lots and lots of money. 
you're dealing with people, and, and it's the spin-offs of that. It's the cars, it's the watches, it's the clothes, it's the home, etc., etc., etc. So really, we're, we're, we're in an industry where there's some serious money, there's some serious ego, unfortunately. Um, that's kind of the space we play in. And just to kind of give you a picture, last month I attended a launch in, in Cape Town with Mercedes-Benz. We were invited to drive a very fancy Mercedes-Benz, and Mercedes chose to host it in somebody's house. The house sits, overlooks uh, the beach in Clifton, and it's a 310 million rand house. There's a family of four that live in it. Or two kids under eight. N not that that's relevant, but the point is, it's serious, serious. It's relevant. Thing, okay. <laughs> the kids are not relevant. Um, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to drive cars that cost close to that. I've, I've driven cars that cost 100 million rand. So we, we're just trying to paint this picture. It really is fame, money, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's one perspective, okay? But we, we're going to give you a different perspective, and that's the perspective that God's given us. Because God's light shines much brighter than the other flashing lights. And that's what we've learned, and He's put us there as His children to do His work. So uh, we're going to hopefully share with you a few things and a few ways in which He's uh, used us to do that. So let us take us back to the beginning when we were starting when we didn't know what we were doing, but God knew exactly what he was doing. Um, starting off a business is not easy. Uh, now the paycheck, the everyday paycheck, the every month paycheck had disappeared. Um, we were struggling with paying our house. We were struggling to pay our kids' school fees. We were feeling quite down in, um, as parents and as business owners, like where are we going? But our faith was not it, was, it, was, it hadn't left us. We truly believed God had called us and that he was doing something. However, we were like, could you just please deposit or pay over here? <laughs> we'll be happier. But God was really working on our hearts. And in this particular season, we had a vision board, and we still have the vision board. Nothing big, nothing fancy. Guys, it's an A4 piece of paper with a doodle of all the things that we wanted for our family, our marriage, our friends. It was like a... No, it wasn't just things. It was also spiritual things. And on there, there was something quite significant that I was like, this isn't going to happen in this season. We are broke. And the thing was, I'm going to leave it to him because it was his. He put it on there. I didn't put it on there. <laughs> so I think you'd guess I love cars. Um, and I love racing as well. So anyway, I get a random phone call in 2017. You need, you need to understand we're broke. We're we're. It's bad. Um, and I get a random phone call, and the phone call says, Hello, Mr. Middleton, I've got some good news. And you think, oh, what are you trying to sell me now? Uh, you've won an all-expenses-paid trip to watch the Formula One race in Monaco. It's like, what? It took a while. It took like half an hour. I said, are you kidding me? And anyway, that was true. He gave us this gift. But here's, that's, that's the one thing. It gets better. The trip took place on our wedding anniversary. Um, and that was, that was amazing. All expenses paid. It gets even better. A month before we leave, we get another phone call. Hello, Mr. Middleton. We didn't really have budget for this, but actually we now have some budget. And so we're going to give you guys some spending money to go to Monaco with. It wasn't a thousand rand. Okay. It was a significant amount of money. We paid our house that was backdated, that was nearly 
going away. We paid our kids' school fees. I said to him, babes, and I remember he was sitting at the table. I was just like, we're paying everything. We're eating crackers in Monaco. <laughs> we're not spending money in Monaco. We're eating crackers in Monaco. <laughs> but the thing is, that's, you know, we're not preaching prosperity gospel yet. We, that's not the thing. We get to Monaco, and um, if Monaco is the most obscene place in the world when it comes to money. There is money literally everywhere. It is the most luxurious, ornate place I've ever seen. The streets look expensive. I don't know, the tar looks expensive. Okay? <laughs> it is insane. There is money like you If you love cars, just kind of take a day trip to Monaco because you, you love it. But I've never, even to this day, I've never sort of seen that kind of uh, appearance of wealth. But the thing that was amazing is God spoke to both of us, both individually and, and, and together. And God basically was trying to show us that wealth is nothing. Because I've got to tell you, as much as we saw wealth, we also saw a lot of emptiness, a lot of loneliness, a lot of poverty. Perhaps not financial poverty, but poverty. People were not happy. And we learned that money doesn't buy you happiness. It doesn't buy you love. It doesn't buy you hope. And he spoke to us very clearly through that. Yeah, I had this thing of a smile back ratio. You know when you walk the streets of a certain country and you see how many people smile back at you? Zero. I was like, it was empty. It was, it was really sad. But at the same time, when we left, we were like, okay, God, okay. Maybe it's not the money. It's not the money that we need. We need you and only you. And that's, that's, that's truly it. The, the verse that... Um, he reminded us of, and, and we're going to share with you today, Psalm 112.3, wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. And so that's just a story of how he, he kind of, it's just one of the stories of how he changed the way we see things. And that was, you know, uh, five years ago, four, four, five years ago. So yeah, so what we're going to do now is we're going to share, we're going to share a little bit about how God's used us to bring light in the spaces that, um, in which we operate. Um, Kanya. So in Stone Culture, I really, truly believe that I was called to love. And, and that's, that was just, that's the call. He says, I will bring the people, I will bring the clients. You just love. And that's very difficult a different way of operating in business, you know, loving people and loving them through things. And the verse that I, that I have is uh, Luke 6, verse 32 to um, uh, 36. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good only to those who do good, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money to those who can repay you, why should you get credit? Even sinners will lend to those sin other sinners for full return. And the, re the verse really speaks to um, loving even the difficult. Um, it's not always easy. And I'll share um, a story of one of the briefs that I got where I was called to um, supply background artists for an international TV series. Uh, in this particular series, I needed... Villagers, rebel soldiers, warriors, um, and some elite international people. It was the early days of Stone Culture, guys. The agency was really my friends and family at that point. <laughs> so you're kind of looking and you're like, well, you need a hundred of these people? A hundred? Okay. I found myself in the heart of Honeydew Township doing street casting. 
And at that particular point, I, although I had the client and I had the brief, I wasn't entirely sure because I hadn't seen it happen. Does that make sense? Sometimes when God opens a door and you, can, you, you truly feel it in your heart, operating by the Spirit doesn't necessarily mean that you can see the, the, the good fruits yet. Um, and I had like a line of all different shapes and sizes of, of people in the township. And that township I was scared of. I literally would wind my window up. I was, I, was, I was scared. And now I am hunting the people who I was scared of, the rebel soldiers. I wanted the scars. I wanted the, the rough cuts because they were going to be the rebels in this particular uh, series. Those guys are my friends now. But then, in the beginning, because you know, we don't pay same day. When, when, when my rebel soldiers calling me, Marakanya, where do you live? That was tough. And I'm like, babe, like, we now got them on, t- we got them, we, we, they did the work, but the client hadn't paid yet. <laughs> and, but now, Marakanya, can I wash your car? Those guys are with me now. I've got a whole gang of guys whose lives got changed and people um, in the streets of Honeydew. And that for me was just a, a testimony of a God just put me in spaces and saw, helped me to see um, things that I would never have seen before, to love in spaces and to love the hurt and the broken. In those spaces, not, not just the Honeydew Township, this went across all race spectrums, just so you know. Um, drugs, which was really tough. I had a couple of people who I, you know when you love and you love again and then you have this moment of going, God, this is difficult. <laughs> um, and he's saying, I'm doing it. And so often you don't see the fruits right there. So often you don't see it at that time. It's like years later when I get a call and, and, and one of the guys says to me, who I didn't think at all would ever call me, this is what's happened. It was a bad situation. I can't share. Um, I know you're the only one who would pray for me. And I'm like, let's pray. So sometimes we don't see the fruits, but in, we are just called in the platforms to love others. Yes. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> um. I'm stepping into Kanye's space, just a cool story, that, a quick story, just in terms of how lives get changed. Is, um, she, she shared a story with me about a guy who uh, called her you know, and, and showed her the updates he's made to his home in the township um, through, through, what she, well, through the job that she gave him. It was a, cool, it was a very cool story. Um, for me, I want to share some things that God just has put on my heart in terms of how he uses us and uses me in my space um, to bring hope. And the first is just through obedience. I, we can say now together that we, we operate in our calling. We know that we are where God put us. We know that we have taken a step into place that God has made possible and it's where he wants us. We know that. And when you operate in your calling, You've got to be obedient to that. And in your obedience, he will use that space to bring hope. The other thing is action. You've got to act. You've got to do. And in that action, I I kind of want to say you've got to think hope. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit will prompt you to do something that would bring hope. You'll know. We all know. We know that prompting of the Holy Spirit that sometimes we ignore. It's that good Samaritan story where we decide to walk across the street and carry on with our business because it's just too busy or it's just too inconvenient or it's just too expensive or whatever it might be. But those promptings of the Holy Spirit, you've got to act on them. And I just want to share a story, you know, 
in Top Gear, we do something called Speed Week. Speed Week is basically our performance car of the year. It's our biggest feature. You know, last year we had 16 performance cars. You know, you're talking like McLarens and Ferraris and Lambos and you're talking the fastest, fanciest stuff that you can get. And anyway, the, the, the way Speed Week works is you do a road trip. We went to Valcom last year and we partnered with the local government there. And one of the ideas that came across our table was, why don't we do something with the underprivileged schools, you know, where maybe they can come and kind of meet you guys and see the cars. And I have to tell you, friends, we said no initially. We said, no, we don't have time. Sorry, the schedule's too tight. It's just inconvenient. It's just not going to work. And thankfully, we were prompted, both my partner and I, Christ followers, and we both looked at each other and said, we're making a bad decision here. We've got to do this. And so we did. And essentially what we did is we said, well, instead of just, you know, having them come see the cars, let's do something proper with them. So we had a career day. We had a whole, almost a whole day with these kids, 150 matric pupils from underprivileged communities, and we spent half a day with them just showing them what we do. We, we, we gave them a proper career day. This is what we do. This is our photographer. This is what he does. This is our videography team. This is what they do. Uh, this is what we do as, as, as publishers. This is the magazine. This is how it works. We gave them a full sort of spectrum on what we do. And I cannot tell you the joy, the motivation, the inspiration that that had. And my partner, just so you know, grew up in uh, Tembisa Township. And they were seeing somebody who, in a sense, you know, they could relate to. And here was this guy, he owns Top Gear South Africa, he's in this space, he's a leader, he's doing really well, My, the team is predominantly black. And I cannot tell you how so many of the kids came to us and just said, that was incredible. I mean, <laughs> we took the kids for drives around in, uh, in the cars, and every kid was just like, this is your job. <laughs> And we're like, yeah, this is my job. But hey, guess what? It can be your job too. And just that picture of going, this is possible. Now, here's the thing. I don't know what's going to happen with those kids. I don't know what their future holds. But what I do know is it's God's plan. And I do know that something was planted that day. And even the teachers came to us afterwards and said, you have no idea what you've done for our kids. And guys, it was a great week. We were driving amazing cars. I can tell you lots of cool things. The one thing that every single person in, in the team, there were 30 of us working there, every single person said the most amazing thing about Speed Week was what we did with those kids. And that was something that we, yeah, we, we really didn't want to do. Okay. <laughs> Another little story I want to just share with you in terms of action. Friends, when you operate in your calling and you just do what you do, God uses you to bring hope. Just go to work. Go to work, work hard, do what you do, use that. And I want to share another story about a guy who we hired four years ago. Um, oh, sorry, uh, we hired him and he worked with us for four years. So guys, it was a normal day. We needed a video editor, you know, we put it out there, we got some briefs back, we, sort of, we hired this guy. And then four years later, he left us. It was cool, he was a great guy, we had a good working relationship. He left us to go work for a, a bigger company, he's still with them today, and we're still in touch today. So we, he worked with us for four years, okay? Cool. A year later, he comes to our church. He doesn't go to our church, by the way. A year later, he comes to our church. I haven't seen him in a year. And he's outside. We come out, and he's outside. And I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, and we, we hug, and hey, how's it going? And he says, no, I came here to talk to you. I'm like, hmm, okay. He could have called me. But he had come to the church. And obviously, God was doing something with him. And guys, he said, 
Well, first of all, I got some great news. I'm going to be a dad for the first time. And that was awesome. We were like, oh, this is amazing, great news. But that wasn't the news. He said, Avon, I just wanted to thank you for taking a chance on me five years ago. And I said, you know, you're a cool guy. I mean, you know, why wouldn't I? And he said, what you don't know is the day I got the call from you to say you've got the job, I was lying on my bed in my mom's house contemplating taking my own life because things were hopeless. Now, friends, I only found that out five years ago. I had no idea. But five years later, God told me that and he showed that to me. But the learning is this. God's busy. You do your thing. God will use it to bless and give hope to other people. On that note, just that's, that's in, in terms of the business, um, when you partner with God in your business, he changes things. He opens up doors and he closes doors for you. And it's such an amazing a testimony of how he works through conversations and people. Like, um, I've had, I, when I rest at the feet of Jesus, I see moves that I've never seen before. And I tell my talent that. I say, guys, I'm a mom. I homeschool kids. I'm running this business. But my God is doing most of the work. We just have to be obedient in what we are capable of and not overworking ourselves and getting stressed and getting overwhelmed. Because I come back and I say, wait, you didn't call me to be stressed and overwhelmed. You gave me a call that you're operating in with. And I think that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a big thing for me. When you're working with God and, and trusting that he's doing things and even closing those doors, I think it's very hard we, to, to, to stand with the door closed and going and trusting that actually he closed the door um, and that he will open up another door. Another thing for us is integrity. So, you know, as God's children, we know that we're called to operate with integrity. We know that. But he's shown that to me so clearly, I can't tell you, especially in a business context. And um, I just want to share a verse with you from Daniel. So we all know the Daniel story. Um, Daniel is essentially in the government, and there's a whole bunch of people who are trying to figure out a way to, to trap him and to make him fall. And I want to share Daniel 6, 4 to 5 with you. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. And finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something, something to do with the law of his God. And we all know what happened after that. But this particular verse, God has given to me many times. And I want to share, I want to share something with you. So a couple years ago, we had the opportunity to partner with someone. And the partnership was going to be good for us. There was, it, was, it, was, it was lots of money. It would have made things easier for us and all this stuff. But on the other hand, the person with whom we were partnering was unfortunately shrouded in some corruption and controversy and just general dodginess. And... I wish I could sit here and say, you know, after the meeting, we just said, no, sorry, we're not going to do it. Cool. We are good people. No. I'll be honest. We considered it because there was, there was all these things, right? There was, you, could, you could argue that it made sense. But that night, I attended a prayer meeting at our church, and there was a lady there. Uh, I didn't know her name. 
if you know me, I'm terrible with names, but I didn't know her name, and she approached me after the meeting, and she said, Avon, I've got a word for you, and she gave me this verse, and she said, God would have you know that he wants you to operate with integrity in your business, and whatever thing that you're struggling with, God wants me to tell you that. I was a complete and utter wreck, by the way, and we didn't partner with that person, but the learning was that, guys, God wants us to operate with integrity. We live in a country where corruption is a culture. It's just normal. And if you run a business, I'm sure you'll know that. And how different would our country be if we operated with integrity? And I want to share another story with you. So a month ago, I turned 40. <laughs> he's he's um, still not dealing with it well, guys. <laughs> I didn't take it well. I'm still not taking it well. Um, I know there's some of you thinking, oh, 40. but really it, it didn't go down well. Um, but I turned 40 and my team were kind enough to take me out for lunch. And, you know, we have this little tradition in the team where we say, you know, say one thing about the person that you appreciate or that you like or whatever. And basically my team is seven uh, other guys said, um, and they all said this in some way, shape or form. They said, um, we appreciate and love the fact that you're, you're a man of integrity. We love the fact that we work in a business that operates with integrity. And that was huge for me. But the one that sticks with me is, is a guy in my team. He's quite a naughty dude. He's got naughty eyes. He's just one of those guys. He just looks naughty. Probably not naughty. But he said to me, Avon, I just want to say I've worked in many companies. And in not one of those companies was the leaders not dodgy. Those are his words. He said, None of the leaders, I don't know any company where the leaders are not dodgy. And I drove home thinking, that is insane. That is insane. But again, what would our country and our government be if the leaders were not dodgy? And this is not a, you know, I'm not slating government or I'm just saying that is the culture that we live in. And God has prompted me so many times to continue to operate with integrity. And, um, yeah, I'm really grateful for it. But the, the, the bigger vision is what could we achieve um, if we operated with integrity? Awesome. And that the platforms that we work on are actually God, God's platforms, not ours. Um, and when you're dealing with that, that, that changes everything. Um, being in an industry that's very dodge and where sex sells and stuff like that, that's, that's something that Avon and I have been committed to guarding our hearts. When you're dealing with people, it's, 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 it's quite scary. But one of the things I just want to leave you with is guarding your heart. And this one verse, Proverbs 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. And through this, you can see how God's, it's actually God's story unfolding. When I didn't have a job, when we were broke, he was actually doing a, a great thing. And maybe there's people here today that are sitting either jobless or, call me, if you need, if you want to be on TV, if you've got this little itch and you think she's got something, call me. I'll, I'll give you my number. Um, Can I just warn you? I'm warning you. <laughs> You'll be on TV. <laughs> um, but that is, that is, uh, that is how, uh, how we operate. And, I, and, uh, and guarding our hearts and our identity in these spaces is so crucial. Um, a lot of my talents, you're going through stuff that's saying to you, no, you can't. And I, I say, you have to be very distinctive of what is God's voice saying. God's voice doesn't say you are unworthy to be in front of the camera. He's saying you are worthy 
just as you are. And I think for, for Stone Culture, our biggest intellectual property or IP is the fact that we represent not the rich, the famous, and the fortune, but actually it's the everyday person that's authentically them who's seeing God in the everyday. Sometimes they don't see it. It's only very late, much later. But um, yes. It's I, me, my yeah. cue. <laughs> Your cue, yes. Friends, in closing, really the learning is obedience, trust in the Lord, faith, action, love, integrity, and radiate joy in what you do. And just remember that actually, as much as Kanye and I have been very personal, we've shared a lot of our own story, that actually ultimately it's, it's God, not us. It's God's platform, not us. It's God's plan, not ours. God just wants us to operate where he wants, where he's called us to. His vision is much larger than ours. Sometimes he'll show you a glimpse of that, and that's amazing. But you need to trust that his vision and his plan is much larger than ours. And in everything we do, we've got to glorify him. How we live, how we work, how we play, we've got to glorify the Lord. I just want to close in prayer, if you don't mind. Yeah, Father, we're grateful. We're grateful that we know you, Lord. We're grateful that you are sovereign over all things. We're grateful that you have uh, our plans and purposes before you. You've written them way before we were imagined by our parents, way before we were born. Thank you, Lord, that you are over all things and planning all things. This morning, Lord, we just want to say that won't you help us to just operate in your calling? Won't you help us to discern your spirit, discern your voice where you want us, and discern your voice on how you want us to act in that space, Lord? Be a people of courage and of action, people of integrity, Lord. And I pray that everything that we do would reflect your amazing love and your amazing hope. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Amen. Could we give it up for Evan and Kanye? So good. Thank you so much, guys.